Welcome to the Tributes.com interview series. My name is Robin Heppel from FuneralGurus.com. Tributes.com provides local and national obituary news and personal tributes. On the line with me today, I have Blair Nelson from Nelson Funeral Homes in the greater Richmond, Virginia area. Blair, welcome to the call. Thanks, Robin. Blair, could you just give me a little bit of background about uh, yourself and your uh, family operation there in Virginia? Sure. Uh, I am a fourth-generation funeral director. Uh, our company was established in the uh, late 1800s by my great-grandfather and uh, has been continuously owned and operated by our family since that time. Uh, we have four traditional funeral home locations and a cremation society as well as a pet crematory. Great. Now, you know, speaking of that, you you do have your these different uh, business models. You've diversified a little bit. Obviously, when your great grandfather started, he wasn't uh, focused on cremation nor on pets. So, maybe Blair, if you could just let us know when when you came to that point of making the decision to um, go from the just having the full service funeral homes to the cremation society. And, and also then to go into um, looking, looking at pet cremation as well. What, um, what was kind of the process going on, and, and what were you trying to accomplish there? Well, initially when we established the Cremation Society, uh, my goal was to grow our business. That was in the mid-1990s when so many of the uh, funeral homes were being Acquired, the acquisition was still uh, happening fast and furious. Uh, I was looking for an opportunity to establish a second location. At the time, we had just the one funeral home. Uh, and I wanted to do it uh, in a cost-effective manner. Uh, land uh, in the greater Richmond area is uh, not especially cheap, so I was looking for a way to try and, and grow without a... Uh, a huge uh, financial commitment. And at the time, there was no one addressing uh, the cremation market uh, from the standpoint of a low-cost provider or a, a dedicated cremation provider. So it seemed like an opportunity to get in, be the first one into that market, and hopefully as the first one in to come to dominate that market. So initially, it really was a decision of growing our company in a cost-effective manner, but also in a way where we could very rapidly uh, grow that segment and become the uh, most often selected provider of cremation. Uh, and then in the uh, in about 2004, uh, really used that same uh, mentality to uh, establish our pet crematory. Uh, there was no uh, pet crematory in Richmond uh, that was really uh, dedicated to pets. I mean, there were uh, veterinary clinics that had um, pet crematories that were uh, ancillary to their business, uh, but there was nobody that was just out there as a pet crematory trying to serve that market. And so we uh, we went in with the idea that we would market directly to the consumer, uh, and we found out that that was not a successful model initially. We had to really go through the veterinary clinics. So uh, 
I mean, most people take their animal to veterinary clinics to be euthanized. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, they trust the, the veterinarian to recommend uh, the business to cremate them, the, the pet crematory. And so we had to uh, turn from trying to market directly to the consumer and refocus on marketing our services to the vet. And what we found is the uh, the vets uh, are somewhat price sensitive, but what they really were interested in was a very high quality of service. And so we were able to bring our knowledge of funeral service uh, and that quality and professionalism to the pet crematory. And that's really how we won over most of the veterinarians whom we serve. Okay. It sounds like they, um, the veterinarians are, are kind of like the gatekeepers as are the clergy and the hospice uh, caregivers. In Very much oh, so, and, and yeah. in fact, even more so. Uh, I, I think more people are inclined to, uh, to make their own decision uh, regarding the... Uh, the funeral provider who will handle their family member than they are their pet. Uh, <laughs> when when their pet dies, uh, they just they go where the vet tells them to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they've trusted the vet with their pet's health that their entire life, and uh, why would they not accept more advice or direction from them at that time? Absolutely. So, Blair, one one question uh, or one area that I'd like to focus on just for a, a few minutes is um, is just looking at the two different business models from the from the funeral side or funeral and cremation because I think that's um, you know I hear a lot of funeral homeowners who want to maybe start um, uh, maybe a low cost alternative or a, uh, crem- a cremation society, but they they don't really separate it and they try to get, they try to do both with the same, uh, the same resources and sometimes things just get murky and, and it's not really too clear and there's then confusion in the market. So could you maybe just let, let the folks know how you separate those and how you run those differently? We essentially have a firewall between the, uh, the two businesses, the Cremation Society and the Funeral Homes. Uh, we have dedicated staff at each of the uh, locations. We don't uh, cross-train uh, the directors from the Funeral Homes to work at the Cremation Society and vice versa. And we did that um, really for two reasons, because there's got to be a very distinct brand image in the in the minds of the consumer. Uh, they are going to wonder why the fellow who waited on them last week and charged them you know, thirty five hundred dollars for a, a cremation and memorial service at the funeral home, you know, their friend saw that same person the next week at the cremation society and that was fifteen hundred dollars. So I think it, in the consumer's mind, it then becomes an issue of maybe bait and switch, or um, perhaps even one of un, of uh, unfairness. Uh, and so we chose not to go that route. And I know there's some people who are able to do that successfully, but we have just created that firewall. Um, we market them separately. We market both of our businesses very aggressively. Uh, 
and we tell our funeral directors that uh, you are not allowed to refer to the cremation society. If a family is looking for low cost, they're going to find our cremation society on their own. The funeral director's job is to treat cremation society as a competitor, uh, just as they would not refer someone to one of my funeral home competitors down the, the road. I don't want them referring to the cremation society because when to me, when you allow those referrals to occur, uh, then a, uh, a funeral director who perhaps is not as comfortable or perhaps as skilled at talking to a price shopper is going to take the path of least resistance, and that's just to be to uh, to immediately say, well, if you're looking for a low price, call the commission side. Their job is to sell the family on the value and the service that the funeral home provides and and win that family. And if the family truly is price-oriented, they're going to find the cremation society on their own. Uh, so we, we keep them absolutely separate. Uh, it's one of those things where we don't uh, we don't deny that there is a common ownership, but we don't necessarily disclose it uh, because they are separate companies. It's, it's the difference between having your uh, low-cost brand uh, of, of hotel within the same chain that may also own a, uh, a premier uh, chain. Uh, you know, Marriott has their Fairfield Inn. Um, mm-hmm. You're not going to go into a Marriott hotel and have them expect them to recommend that you go down the street to the Fairfield and vice versa. One, uh, one quick question there, Blair. What about the other way? What about... Um, if someone's at the cremation society and uh, the way that you operate the cremation society isn't a full service, are they able to then refer to um, to Nelson, or do you, do they let them go on their own as well? And from that point, well, we don't. Well, one thing that we do not do is we don't mix services. So we we do have limited abilities at the Connection Society to do full services. We have a small chapel, uh, so we are able to accommodate those families. We, we can go to a church or to another site, uh, graveside, and uh, assist with services if we must. We try not to make those referrals. Um, and if they if they do want full service and more than what we're able to, to offer to Connection Society, yes, we will recommend that. Mm-hmm. Never going to recommend down. We will recommend up. Uh, okay. What we don't do, uh, and this was a difficult decision for some of our staff, um, but we we ultimately had to say um, what we will never do is mix and match the two, where a family might come to the cremation society, purchase a uh, a direct cremation at a lower rate than what we would offer to our funeral homes, and then say we're going to go rent the Nelson Chapel for our service. Because then we start to cannibalize our own market, and uh, it becomes a very difficult uh, concept in the consumer's mind to understand the difference between the two organizations. So, if you if you go to the Cremation Society of Virginia and select a direct cremation, um, you're not coming to Nelson Funeral Home to have your memorial service. Uh, our facilities are for those families who use Nelson services. Sure. Okay. That's great, and I think that's just a great insight for uh, for people who are kind of venturing that way, and um, just to really keep that 
keep that separate because you don't want if it's so hard to build your integrity and reputation in the in your community and if you taint it by as you said earlier kind of that even if they even though it's not happening but if they think there's a bait and switch going on you lose all that um, all that hard work in building uh, in building your image so that's uh, that's great and it, One, it really extends beyond just those services it also extends to the um, issue of a transfer uh, we um, we do not have uh, Nelson Funeral Home personnel go make a, the transfer of the deceased from the place of death for the cremation society because people know who we are and and again you're weakening your brand when you do that and you're you're calling into question uh, who you are and what you do especially in the minds of the, of the healthcare providers um, such as hospitals. We actually have one hospice that uh, will not recommend cremation society. Most hospices love cremation society, but we have one of the outlying hospices that will not recommend cremation society because it's just far enough away that they know when they call the cremation society, it's going to take a little longer to get there. And most people understand that when you're paying a much lower fee, you're going to accept a somewhat lesser uh, standard of service. And so they want that greater service. They want our personnel to respond quickly, and they don't want to wait two hours because it's a 50-mile drive. So they pay the price and use the funeral home. That was something that uh, we uh, we had staff say, well, you know, why don't we let the funeral home in that area make the transfer? And we said, because then we destroy our own brand, and we Mm -hmm. don't want to destroy our own brand. Great. Now, Blair, before we, because I, I know we're going to talk about um, how you attract some of your business in uh, in your online uh, efforts, but uh, for the, because um, you, you spoke about cannibalizing, and for the funeral home owner who's thinking of maybe going to that, uh, considering uh, the low-cost cremation alternative as well, adding that to their, um, to their business operations, was there... Uh, because sometimes I hear that there's a fear that they're going to then lose some of the calls that they that they're already getting. So if they're getting 500 calls, um, and if the new uh, alternative cremation alternative will get maybe 200 in the first year, <clears throat> maybe a hundred of those will have come from the full service. Did you did you see that, or um, was your was your core business affected when you opened up? the the cremation society no absolutely not um our funeral home business uh in the richmond area has a very uh, strong burial rate uh, for one thing uh secondly we targeted our advertising as much as we could uh, no direct mail ever goes into the neighborhoods that our funeral homes serve uh, the only the only advertising obviously i can't control Location uh, of which is, is newspaper and uh, and television. So there is some bleed over, but we we purposely try and target our marketing um, such that it isn't in our traditional funeral home areas to the extent that we can. Um, but someone is going to do it. The other reason that we opened the cremation society was 
you know, we, we saw that there were cremation society opening uh, opening in uh, in larger metro areas around the nation. Um, Richmond did not have one. We're a metro area of about a million people. To me, it was a matter of uh, someone's going to do it. And if someone's going to do it, why not me? Uh, <laughs> I figured the, the first person in uh, had the best chance of, of winning. So uh, I think it's it ultimately becomes a strategic decision. If you've got three or four of these things already in your market, you probably don't want to fool with it unless you're doing it as a defensive measure. Um, mine was not a, a defensive measure. Ours was an issue of uh, there was a new market or a market here that we felt was not being served, uh, and it was an opportunity for us to grow uh, our overall business. Um, if I were to track by zip code, the number of families who might have otherwise selected a Nelson location versus the Cremation Society, it's less than 10% of what the Cremation Society does. Uh, so it, it definitely has been uh, an expansion of our overall uh, company, uh, not a cannibalization. Great. Well, thanks for, thanks for clarifying that for us. Because um, I think, yeah, I think that'll be that'll be helpful. Because that's I know one of the little questions that uh, owners kind of wrestle with. They now, one one other issue that people have to become comfortable with is there will be people who understand that you own both, and where some funeral providers have really hurt themselves is when they allow that. Um, they allow people to, to play upon their emotions and and say, well, you know, I know you own uh, the cremation site or I know you own this discount funeral home across town, but I don't want to go across town. Can't you give me that price right here? Funeral directors love to be nice guys. They don't want to tell people no. It's just it's part of who we are. Yeah. And when they do that, now they are diminishing the brand of their flagship location by doing it for that lesser cost. So what you're going to have to be willing to do is say very candidly, if you want that price, you've got to go to that location. Uh, you can't allow people to, to, to let you have that uh, lower service price to bleed into your higher service location. I have friends, uh, families we have served for generations who know that I own the Cremation Society, and they've gone and planned at the Cremation Society. In fact, I had one of my own cousins do that, and uh, that's just, I had to accept that. I, they want to use the Cremation Society, they have to go to the Cremation Society. They're not going to get that price uh, at Nelson. And the other thing is, I will not see a family who comes into the Cremation Society. I'm, my brand is the Nelson brand. My name, it, it's my name. Mm-hmm. Someone wants me to handle their services. They're going to be coming to Nelson Funeral Home. Otherwise, if they go to the Commission Society, they're going to be meeting with one of the directors who's there. Great. Well, that's great. I think that's a great lesson on how to keep things uh, keep things separate. And, and your term of firewall is is perfect. So, Blair, um, let's talk about how you um, you said that you market. Your your firms aggressively. Let's talk about how you uh, you do that online. You have um, 
uh, two great websites for your uh, for uh, for the Nelson Funeral Homes and also for the Cremation Society. And you know, one thing that I noticed that when looking uh, looking on the Nelson site is, although you're the um, the full service provider there, you um, fully display all your prices. You um, where another um, question that I get from a lot of funeral home owners who are are taking that position is they don't um, they don't feel right putting their prices on there because they're um, usually the excuse is well we can't justify them if they're on the internet how how did you come to that decision of putting your prices on um, your the the Nelson site and um, kind of if you even had those thoughts of justifying them or explaining them I think you lose more people by not having your prices on uh, than you would lose people by having them on and not being able to justify them because people go to your site for complete information. And if they don't find the information they're looking for, they're going to go somewhere else. And if you were shopping for a new item of, of whatever, a, a suitcase, and you went to a website and you find your suitcase that you want and there's no price, you're going to click through to the next site that tells you the price. Um, you're not providing people the complete information which they require, and you're just inviting them to leave your site and go elsewhere. Uh, it is it's the information age. Uh, you know, you you could make the same statement by saying, uh, I I don't want to give prices over the telephone. Well, obviously, we're required to by the Federal Trade Commission. Um, so it, people are going to people are going to get the information somewhere. Why make it difficult for them to find out? If, if they are truly price-oriented, um, they're going to find the lowest price. Uh, whatever your price is, there's going to be somebody lower. Uh, if they are convinced that you're fair, uh, if your site is very professionally done, if, it's, if there is a, a great depth of information available on your site, Price is not going to be the issue. They're looking for a high-quality, reputable provider. And the fact that you're willing to provide your pricing tells them that you're someone who is upfront, honest. There's not going to be a bait and switch. They don't really have to worry about what is this going to cost. And they're more likely to use your service. For sure. And I, I totally agree. If if you if they don't see them on there, they people are going to think you're trying to hide something. And and again, it's so hard to build up that uh, your image and your reputation. You don't want to do anything that that's going to hurt it. So and you should. I think uh, you know we should be. If if we're not proud of of the services that we charge, then, then I think there's, then there's an internal problem uh, because you know we if you're if you're in that full service uh, business model uh, you you provide a, a high level of service and you should be um, you shouldn't be hiding what you what people have to pay for that Blair people will pay oh. for what they perceive as providing value um, so if if you don't put the price on there to me it seems as if you're ashamed of your pricing you're hiding it and I would suggest that's probably how the public feels also. <laughs> For sure. Now, Blair, what about, um, you, you were mentioning earlier about 
with the um, and you were, you were telling me earlier too that uh, with some focus on uh, search engine optimization and, and SEO that um, your sites rank quite highly for for their targeted keywords and you mentioned that you're actually able to kind of you're not now geographically limited can you maybe expand on that um, for for both business models sure um we have done some limited uh, internet advertising in the past. I mean, we've always advertised the fact that we have a website. It's on everything from our stationery to our ballpoint pins uh, to our business cards, wherever. It, it's, on our, it's on our television commercials, our radio commercials. I mean, today, the website, in my mind, has replaced the telephone number because they're going to go to the website and look for information. We still do both when we can, but if I had to opt for one versus the other, I would have my website on before I'd have my phone number on. Um, and partly because we have multiple locations. It's, you can't put four telephone numbers on, on everything. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important that people look at the web address today uh, as they did the telephone number 10 years ago. Beyond that, we have done some. Uh, we've done some of the Google uh, AdWords. We've done some some pay-per-click. We we had a Yahoo campaign, or we're still running a Yahoo campaign. Um, but we went the next level because those uh, those are all well and good. But do you want to have people find you because they're paying? to click through to your site or you're paying to have your name prominently listed or do you want them finding your site because organically your your site has the highest amount of traffic and that's really where you want to be and so we are trying to find out how do we get our our sites to place higher in those uh, search engine results uh, because most people recognize when, you know, take Google for instance, most people recognize that when you're over on that right-hand side, that's a paid ad, versus when you're in that list, you're popping up because of the amount of, of traffic your site generates, uh, because the site has the, the greatest relevance to the search terms that were placed into into Google. So how do you do that? And 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 I won't even pretend to try and ex- be able to explain it well, but essentially you've got to design your site so that the search engines find your site more quickly and your site has more relevance than another site. And so a lot of that has to do with, with uh, designing your site uh, to be optimized to show up in those search engine results. So we've, we've worked with a... Uh, search engine optimization firm uh, that is currently helping us redesign our sites. And when I say redesign, not what the individual sees, but how the site is built, the, the, the words that are used, uh, does your, uh, when you when you click on a link in your site, do you get a, uh, does the URL that shows up uh, is it a series of numbers like uh, like a lot of them are, or uh, is each is each page of your site named with the word that would have been 
in the uh, in the search. So it's there's uh, an art to this, and uh, it's an art that uh, the average person is not going to be able to, to duplicate. And you really you've got to make certain your site is well designed, and that your designer is building that site with the intent to drive search engine traffic to your site. And the only way you're going to do that is to enlist someone to, to really help you build that and take over the campaign for you, and that's what we've done. Great. Now, with um, with that, Ben, because I think you know there there is that perception if people think that Google um, puts you at the top of the list that you they assume that you must be good or you must be the best. How has that helped you kind of go beyond the geographical limits of a of a traditional funeral home market um, and uh, and and do you see that more with your cremation society over over the uh, Nelson we Funeral Homes? See it with the cremation society. We we constantly uh, get uh, inquiries um, from well outside our geographic territory. I mean. Hundred miles away, people that are looking for a dedicated cremation provider, uh, and they come to us. So it, it is definitely true with the cremation society, and I think part of that may be due to the fact that when you get outside of a major uh, metro area, uh, people are less apt to have access to a cremation society in their in their area. I mean, there there are only a few in Virginia. You go to a smaller town, you're not going to find one. Um, so if someone is looking for a cremation society, they're going to find us. Where we've really seen it with our funeral homes is, um, for example, uh, our Williamsburg location. Uh, Williamsburg is very much a retirement community. Uh, high number of uh, retirees, uh, transient population, a lot of people from the Midwest and the Northeast who have relocated uh, to our area. And what happens then is they have their children who are elsewhere, whether they're back in the town where they used to live or they've, they've moved cross-country to California. And by having a uh, website that, number one, shows up in the top one or two positions when they search for you, um, and then combine that with just the quality of your site, we get business. We, we routinely will have um, people tell us that they chose us because of our website. And it's, uh, it, it is almost always in our Williamsburg market where one of the decision makers didn't live in the local area or perhaps even in the state because they're out in California Mom is not well. They need to help uh, find a funeral home. The only way they can do that is by going online. And they see the quality of our site. The questions are answered. They select us. Great. And that's you know <clears throat> that's the power of the internet. You wouldn't be able to market to California, nor nor would you, because you'd have to market to the entire country. But the, with the internet and then kind of knowing how it works, you're able to uh, bring the two together. Well, I recently did a um, an analysis of the traffic driven to our Cremation Society site and the uh, requests for information, and it was uh, almost 
20 to 25 percent of the uh, requests for information originated outside of the metro Richmond area. Uh, and and if I can pull up the, uh, the document, I can tell you the exact number, but it was, uh, it was surprising the number that came from out of state. It's, uh, it really is a powerful medium that, uh, that you've got to take advantage of, but, but beyond just having a website, you've got to have a good website. Uh, not spending money on a good website is like putting cheap carpeting in your funeral home. People see it for what it is. And then you're going to have to replace it sooner too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's great. Um, hey Blair, this this has been great. I think uh, you know we've covered uh, two topics, and you've given just tons of nuggets of information to uh, to the other funeral homeowners who are listening. Uh, before I let you go, just uh, kind of any final thoughts? No, I, I, it's. Uh I think that we just have to understand that uh, we are dealing with a very different uh, consumer today, a consumer that expects uh, information. They don't want to have to uh, to uh, really uh, dig too deeply for it. They don't want to have to go hunting for it. They want it readily accessible. So uh, if, if they have to, if they can't get the, the information from your website, they're probably going to call someone else. It's, it's, it's the 21st century version of the shopper uh, who calls your funeral home. If you're not willing to give them the information they need and spend the time with them on the telephone probing and asking questions and providing information, you're going to lose that call to someone else. You can't. When someone calls and says, what does a cremation cost, that's just a leading question because they really don't know what else to ask. And if all you do is say, uh, 2495 and hang up the phone. They're not coming back to you. They they were looking for more information and you didn't provide it because we've routinely had people say, you know, you weren't the cheapest, but you gave me the most information. I'm going to use you. That's what they're looking for in a website. If if your website is a uh, is nothing but a uh, a splash page with a picture of your building, uh, maybe your picture and a telephone number, what's the point in even having a website? Exactly. Blair, I really appreciate your time and your insights today. If you want more information about Blair's operations, you can visit www.nelsoncares.com for the Nelson Funeral Homes website or visit www.virginiacremate.com for the Cremation Society of Virginia and www.lovingpetscrematory.com for Blair's Pet Cremation Services. Check back often for more interviews. On behalf of Blair Nelson, this is Robin Heppel of FuneralGurus.com for the Tributes.com interview series. Tributes.com, because every life has a story.